Tiger fans, get ready for episode 93 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Holding down today's show are Charles Bishop, Neely, and Vic. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, along with my cohorts, Neely. Welcome back in. How are you making it, brother? You doing good, Charles? I'm doing well. Doing well, man. It is always fun to be back on with you guys, and we bring back on Vic for another episode of Tiger Talk. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be back. Looking forward to it. No doubt about it. We have a very special guest uh, uh, who is an alumnus of Jackson State University, but he also represents the second Supreme Court district uh, on the IHL. Uh, as far as being a trustee. Welcome in, Dr. Stephen Cunningham to Tiger Talk with 1400 Club. Hey, guys. I'm uh, glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. No doubt about it. We really appreciate you coming on. And I'm going to start off by asking um, Dr. Cunningham, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your path from Jackson State to a seat on the IHL board. Uh, Well, let's see. Uh, After leaving Jackson State, we graduated – spring 94 and uh after that i went up to uh university of tennessee memphis health science center uh for medical school uh, completed that and uh ended up moving up to michigan for several years to uh complete my residency in diagnostic radiology um but uh, while i was at jackson state i met my soon-to-be uh, uh fiance uh lakeisha price and uh, so she went on up to Michigan State to get her doctorate in microbiology at, uh, at Michigan State University. So that's basically what took me to Michigan uh, for residency. I didn't want to let her get away, so luckily it all worked out. Uh, but uh, So we stayed up there for several years, and uh, after she was done and I was done, we moved down to Ohio. We got tired of those Michigan winters, and uh, it didn't get much better moving down to Ohio. But for about three years, we worked. I worked there, and uh, just uh, – it was just time for us to get home. We uh, started uh, a family and wanted to get back home closer to uh, uh, to the parents. Uh, close, but not too close, if you know what I mean. We had needed yeah. nice comfort mm-hmm. zone. So that's, <laughs> that's how we ended up down here in Hattiesburg. Uh, we got down to Hattiesburg in uh, the summer of 07 and I started working with uh, what was then Hattiesburg Radiology Group and uh, eventually changed the name to Comprehensive Radiology Services. Uh, uh, and I've been the president of that group for, I would say, the last three years. And, uh, and uh, Hattiesburg's worked out pretty well for us. Uh, great location, great place to raise family, uh, close to the campus, so we get to make some functions uh, uh, pretty regularly. And, uh, uh, and it never hurts being uh, only 90 minutes from New Orleans when you want to get, uh, get away and get loose. So it worked out well. No doubt. That's awesome. And, uh, That's awesome to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as far as getting on the uh, the IHL board, it took me by surprise. Uh, it was something, I guess, it was uh, pretty organic and meant to happen because uh, in my workout group, uh, 5.30 in the morning, we go to the gym, and uh, in my group is uh, Dr. Rodney Bennett, uh, uh, who's the president of the USM uh, uh, Golden Eagle. So, And uh, he and I would just 
during reps, we'd just be talking to different things. We'd exchange different uh, articles online, and it always seemed to be kind of education-centered, uh, just how it kind of worked out. And um, so after about a year of working out, I'm, I'll come home one evening, and I'm sitting on the couch after a long day, and he calls me and says, hey, I'm, I recommended your name for a, a board position. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I don't have time for anything else. We have two daughters, president of this medical group. And uh, it's just it's just enough on the plate. Uh, but he explained to me what it was, uh, and I just couldn't say no. I mean, it was just uh, one of those opportunities where you get to really uh, uh, make some uh, effective change. Um, so uh, that's just how it worked out. That was uh, the spring of 18. My first meeting was May 2018. Uh, and uh, that's the first of many because it's a nine-year commitment. Uh, and that, that's uh, my last one will be uh, April 2027. That's, that's wow. how we got to where we are. I appreciate, uh, you know, you letting our listeners know, man, about the, that amount of service and that time commitment because, you know, those, those terms are staggered like that because it's such a huge organization and deeper things and processes to run that, you don't want to have people coming on every two and four years and that kind of thing. So that's, you know, for, for JSU to, to have a voice uh, on the college board uh, into 2027 is, is, is profound for our, our institution. But, but tell me this, uh, uh, Doc, you know, <laughs> clearly you bleed the blue. You know, you, you yes, are sir. the I love 1400 Lynch 100%, but you also just have a fiduciary responsibility for this entire system. You know, what is it That's like right. when you're having to, to make these decisions uh, that, that may be in the best interest of the state of Mississippi or IHL but could present a challenge, you know, to Jackson State? How do you strike that balance between being our voice but also being a commissioner for the greater system, a trustee for the greater system? Right. Well, one thing they tell us when we first uh, – when you accept the uh, position is that uh, you have to check your colors at the door. Uh, mm-hmm. They say that, but it's, it's almost impossible to do that uh, just based on, you know, how the board's made up and the history of the board uh, as far as, um, you know, historically it, it was stronger representation for some of the uh, PWIs. Um, uh, and as we moved on, we started becoming more of an uh, equal opportunity, for lack of a better term, uh, the board started working in more in a corporate fashion where you had uh, everything was taken uh, kind of, uh, how should I say, in a more democratic uh, process and not a whole lot of kind of you, you scratch my back, I scratch yours type of deal-making type stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I've heard stories that that's kind of how it used to function back in the day. So uh, the last iteration of the board, he told me, uh, or was it one, maybe two iterations before, is that uh, that's when it really started to become operating more as a uh, as a corporation. So uh, you take everybody's interests uh, equally uh, uh, as best you can. Of course, some you know universities already have a built-in background as far as foundations and have more money and these things of this nature. But our job is simply to make sure that the uh, appropriations uh, from the government are being dispersed, uh, being dispersed appropriately and being uh, used appropriately by the eight institutions. So it actually is not as hard as, as, it, as, you, as you think it might be uh, because it's, it's, it's a pretty uh, uh, democratic type of process. And there's hardly any, uh, as far as I've been at my year and a half, uh, dissension amongst, you know, who gets what and things of that nature. It just doesn't really work out. Everything's, for the most part, appropriated uh, um, uh, really nicely 
and the staff at IHL to make sure that everything is on the up and up and being approved by the Attorney General and all that kind of stuff before it comes to us. Uh, so hmm. it, it, it's, uh, it's not as uh, uh, antagonistic as you might think it, it, it could be, uh, but I'm sure, sure. In, you know, in the past it probably has been significantly so. Got your great insight. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, well, well. Uh, we're, we've been trying to get a little insight in how the IHL works, but let's dive into a little bit about Jackson State, if you don't mind. Now, mm-hmm. now for a minute, I was getting a little worried because you started talking about Dr. Bennett and, 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 and USM and all that, and I was like, wait a minute, he's supposed to be for Jackson State, but you know, <laughs> but, but, but we know we know what color that blood is, so <laughs> we ain't being too worried about that. Um, but uh, so so. Um, in the, in the not-too-distant past, JSU uh, had some financial troubles uh, as it relates to our debt and our cash on hand. Um, um, how do you feel right now about the financial health of Jackson State, and what type of things do, does the board uh, do to help assist us in that process of getting back on track? Well, to take that uh, second part first, the, uh, the staff there, uh, the CFO um, and the commissioner, uh, when any institution gets into the dire straits that uh, uh, that some of them have in the past financially, uh, they jump right on it as far as making sure that there's uh, immediate oversight. Uh, uh, that comes in forms of uh, that university president or IE or as we call them, institutional executive officers. Uh, they check in monthly. I mean, it's uh, it it almost becomes like uh, for you know micromanaging at that point. Uh, ideally, you want the IEOs to be able to manage each, uh, each of their own institutions uh, independently and report, you know, follow the board policies and just report back. But uh, as we know, uh, with a lot of organizations, sometimes you just you get a bad apple and they don't do what they're supposed to do. And that's when the commissioner has to get involved and has to start micromanaging. And so uh, and not only the commissioner, sometimes SAC. Uh, the accrediting body has to get involved. And so uh, I feel fantastic where we are now because there's no micromanaging going on. Uh, we finally got somebody in there that knows uh, he's doing the micromanaging on his own at the at the campus level. Uh, so uh, Thomas has been doing a fantastic job since February when we put him in there. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I think that just comes from him really knowing what needs to be done. He's been in a pretty unique position to see how things have gone awry, and seeing how things should go when Dr. Page was there. So he's seen both sides of that. He knows exactly what needs to be done to uh, keep us moving forward. So uh, I feel fantastic about where we are right now. We're, we're headed in the right direction. That's awesome to hear. Uh, I'm, I'm going to follow up on, on what Vic sure. uh, was uh, talking about in terms of uh, taking a, a deeper dive into uh, Jackson State. And, and a lot of us, we, we've kind of heard about the air step-down effect. And, and can you tell us how that effect will, will, uh, will affect Jackson State, if you will, and what measures the IHL can take to alleviate some of the potential uh, gaps in funding? Now that I'm still studying myself. I mean, we just got at the last meeting a, uh, a binder as big as a phone book to kind of uh, to go over, you know, kind of the history of the, uh, the whole uh, judgment and, uh, the, mm-hmm. the funds that were raised and the funds that were supposed to be matched and things of that nature. So I'd hate to give you any false information on that uh, right now because we're about to get into, you know, exactly what you're just talking about. How does it, how does it plan to affect uh, each school? So, but uh, 
ultimately it's just a matter of being able to budget accordingly. Uh, and that's, mm. that's where, that's where, I mean, it's back to the fundamentals. You know, you got sure. too much coming in. What are you going to do spending wise? And how are you sure. going to predict uh, when it cuts off uh, in a, in, you know, in a year or so. Um, so that, that's where we are. And that again, gives me the confidence uh, Thomas and I have talked about it. It's not like one of these situations where he has no clue that it's coming or, or how to manage it. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just a matter of him being able to get his, uh, his cabinet uh, where he wants it right now as far as like the CFO and, uh, um, and let those two get together and figure out exactly um, how they want to go forward. But uh, he has a game plan or a preliminary game plan on to, to make sure that it's not some uh, precipitous drop-off uh, in productivity for the university by any means. Sure thing, sure thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Dr. Cunningham, these are, are, are clearly some uh, exciting times at 1400 Lynch Street uh, as you look at the athletic side of things. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, great things are happening and going to be some ripple effects from that. But as it relates right. to, you know, your role at IHL uh, as, as a trustee and, and just IHL in general, what, what kind of role do you, you guys play in the academic side uh, of the institutions, particularly uh, Jackson State? I know you just mentioned some things about President Hudson getting his cabinet in order and things he's going to have in place. Uh, but, but outside of that, you know, what are your role on the, on the academics of things? Well, actually, I am the uh, recently appointed chair of the Academic uh, Affairs uh, Committee. Um, so... As, a, as an umbrella of the IHL in itself, just the body of the IHL, our main job is to make sure that uh, fiscally uh, all eight universities, the system itself is taken care of and money is being managed accordingly and uh, appropriately. And also we're supposed to be uh, a kind of uh, promotional body uh, for the whole university system and how it relates into the well-being of the state. Uh, so we're supposed to be kind of ambassadors as well as uh, uh, financial overseers of the of the uh, system in and of itself. So when it comes down to the academic aspects, uh, we have a team of people there at the IHL headquarters, uh, academic affairs department that gets down into the minutia of uh, uh, the different types of uh, academic programs at each one, each one of the universities to make sure that there's no uh, redundancy, uh, unnecessary redundancy. You got to have some similar programs at each one of the schools. But when it comes to really big programs, you want to make sure that you're not recreating the wheel at one school that's right down the road from another. So it's a, a matter of trying to make sure that, uh, that, that the academics and the money that go towards certain programs are being uh, uh, managed appropriately and uh, as balanced as, as best you can. Uh, but, the, of course, there's sometimes that uh, there's some programs, say like a physician's assistance program, there may be some angst uh, amongst the bodies on that because one school has one and another one wants to have it and, you really have to really dive deep and look at the demographics and the financial uh, ramifications to see what will be the impact on the state. It really gets uh, down in the weeds with it. So it's needless to say, when I got in here, it was kind of overwhelming trying to digest all of this. But thank God mm-hmm. we got a pretty uh, good staff there at IHL that kind of breaks that stuff down. And, we, they, and again, we go through the attorney general's office when it comes down to, uh, uh, you know, making final votes um, to make sure everything lines up with the policies and the state uh, laws. Uh, so it's, uh, there's some good guide rails on uh, to, to make sure that we're making the appropriate decisions. But that's, that's kind of how it goes with the academic affairs and uh, um, um, in my role uh, so far. And, again, I was just appointed to that, so it's going to be getting deeper and deeper here as we go forward. 
Right, right, right. So, um, yeah. Um, on top of that, when when you look at the academic side and the academic offerings, um, I guess it could, uh, de- depending on what you offer, that could affect your enrollment and the interest that you get from students. So, uh, mm-hmm. of course, at JSU, we're always uh, hoping that we can offer more academic programs. Um, and um, are there any, any discussions uh, on Jackson State and its enrollment projections based on the um, the academic programs that we offer now versus things that we can offer in the future? And what uh, role does IHL play with, like it, with the enrollment management as it relates to those things? With the enrollment management aspect, that is kind of where we leave it to the IEOs uh, to make sure uh, that they're handling their jobs. Um, so that's kind of we will be getting into the micromanagement aspect of things right, uh, right, if we right. got into the enrollment. But our job is to make sure that, um, you know, that those enrollment numbers that the IEOs are giving to the board are accurate and up-to-date. And uh, let's uh, – why sometimes you can get some of these discrepancies because some universities will give you numbers at the wrong time when you really need to wait further into the semester to see, okay, who actually showed up, who actually paid their tuition bills, how many butts are actually physically in seats. And that's the kind of stuff that we kind of have to certify as far as enrollment goes. Uh, But before that, it's really up to the IEOs at that point to make sure uh, that they're uh, doing everything that they can to uh, attract the students into their uh, universities, them and the provosts and the programs that they're offering. Um, and I am quite excited about uh, Dr. Mosley's uh, uh, tenure as uh, provost now that we can probably take that interim tag off of her. Uh, and uh, kudos to her for actually coming down to Jackson State under uh, interim uh, or acting president. And she left Tennessee State and came here uh, because she knew the potential that we had here and, and that she had that much faith in Thomas and the job that he was trying to do here. So I was uh, thrilled uh, on another level, the fact that uh, she could be our full-time provost now. Uh, mm. So she is doing a great job, and, and uh, I think she'll make sure that uh, we have the the programs that we need to continue trying to get our enrollment up. Right. No doubt. Yeah, I've only heard tremendous. great things about Dr. Mosley. So. Yeah, yeah, tremendous so, insight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, you know, Dr. Cunningham, you played a, a huge role in selecting our 12th president in, in Jackson State's history, uh, Thomas Hudson. Kind of walk us through that process and, and tell us your thoughts about President Hudson. Okay. Um, I met Thomas shortly after I got on uh, the board back in 18, and uh, he was at that time, I think, chief of staff or a similar uh, capacity uh, under Dr. Bynum's administration. And uh, mm-hmm. Just right off, uh, the, the guy was just—he was a straight shooter. Um, he bleeds the blue, as we say. Uh, he was doing sure. his job, uh, but I could just see the uh, the angst behind him uh, it, when he was in that role, just knowing that how things could have been done better. But uh, it's—I thank God that he was not, you know, fired during that administration uh, because mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, it, it really, we could not have a Thomas Hudson right now if things had worked out any differently. Uh, so it's just great sure. that he was able to do his job in a manner, in a professional manner, which allowed him to, to, to stay on and, and not be uh, perceived as some type of threat, as you can imagine in some, you know, kind of highly charged political situations, uh, that if you're perceived as a threat, some folks will, you know, really move you out uh, for their own benefit so they can shine more. But uh 
his heart was in the right place from day one, and that's how he's been able to uh, stay uh, with JSU for the last 12 years or so, or eight years, how long he's been there in different capacities. Uh, and he and I just kind of clicked automatically just because I knew he was in it for the right reason. He wasn't in it as a stepping stone to a new job, a new level, anything. It's just uh, funny how this happened uh, along the way. Uh, when we appointed him as the acting back in February, uh, I'm sure he was he was nervous. I mean, just because, hey, this is all on you at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. And it wasn't like we were giving him some finely tuned uh, well oil machine to drive around the track, man. He he had a jalopy that he had to, you know, repair <laughs> and drive sure, at sure. the same time. So, sure. uh, and the guy has just blown me away every time I've talked to him. I've always come away impressed. And I talked to him several times, you know, once a week basically since February. Uh, and I would some things I would pose to him just kind of seeing where he was and if he would get shaken, absolutely unflappable. Whenever it came up to a problem, I mean, there were multiple problems along the way, but he just has a, a way of kind of uh, compartmentalizing and figuring out what needs to be done and putting the right people in the right place to get the job done. And it's just been that way since February, and he's just gotten better and better and more comfortable in the uh, in the role. Um, and even to this uh, day, I met with him uh, probably the night before, was that when, last Wednesday, um, just to kind of see where he was. And uh, it's the same, just head down, doing the work, uh, not anticipating mm-hmm. uh, what might happen if we were to make him permanent or anything like that. He just he thought, I'm just going to continue to do the work. And uh, he made a shocking statement to me uh, several months back. He said, I enjoy the work. And you just never hear that uh, from some people, wow. no matter what they're doing. And uh, I knew I had had the right dude there. It's just a matter of you know getting this uh, uh, everything across the across the finish line, and uh, and that entailed you know getting the constituents' uh, input. And that's why we had that uh, Zoom meeting a few weeks back. If you guys were privy to that, with the alumni and the faculty and the staff and the students, and uh, um, that is uh, that that was what we really wanted because I know the uh, the history of the board and previous selections. Uh, just didn't want it to go down is, hey, we're shoving somebody down your throat. Um, sure, sure. I, I, t- I tell you, man, if you remember that line from New Jack City when Lance said, some stuff just sells itself, this was, there you uh, go. This was Hudson. He, his skill set and what he did, how he auditioned basically over that nine months, uh, there was no need for a search. As one of the people said on that Zoom, you search when you're looking for something, and I, I just was not looking for anything, and, uh, and I think the board realized that too. Sure thing. Okay, that actually answers one of the questions that we that we had uh, in terms of the uh, and, 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 and I, let me phrase it this way: uh, we have okay. a very engaged and passionate uh, uh, alumni and fan base, and you know mm-hmm. that is one of the questions that I think people will ask in terms of uh, why was there maybe not a national search? But I think uh, in your answering the prior question, you kind of you, you alluded to the, the reason why. Yeah, I could give you some more. A uh, uh, number of reasons. If, this is an analogy sure. that, that me being in medicine that, that this whole situation uh, uh, brought to mind. you got a patient on the table. You're operating on open-heart surgery. Chest is cracked. You're doing what you need to do. And then all of a sudden somebody starts calling the patient's doing well. We're getting ready to wrap this thing up, and all of a sudden somebody starts calling for a new surgeon. It just, that, that is what we were dealing with. And 
in the middle of SACS accreditation, which when Thomas took this job uh, or was appointed as acting, nothing had been done. I mean, this, when he got it back in February, there should have been months and months up to a year's worth of work that should have been done that had not been done. So this guy, when I say we dumped a jalopy in his lap, this is what he was dealing with. I mean, it's almost mm. uh, synonymous of what Obama was dealing with in uh, 08 um, when he took over. I mean, this economy sure. was, uh, was failing. I mean, it's, it's, it parallels what uh, what was going on then. Uh, and then you had COVID on top of that and the financial situation on top of that, and then dealing with the poor public, uh, uh, the publicity, uh, the, the poor public relations with the whole arrest of the previous president and all of that stuff. Uh, and that's why I said he was completely unflappable. And I, no national search was going to bring us anything other than a wild card in there. And mm. I just personally, I didn't want to gamble with the future of the university when everything is actually looking better than it had looked in several administrations. It just, mm. it was, it, it would make no sense to do that. And then policy wise, uh, he would, if he, if we'd have launched a national search formally, he would have had to step down and basically somebody else take over his role to try to start juggling all of those balls that were in midair, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that I just mentioned. So it was, uh, we would have been shooting ourselves in the foot, uh, if we'd have, um, continued down that path um but uh thank goodness it worked out that he the job that he was doing allowed the constituents to see that uh he was the guy for the job uh if there had been some really overwhelming uh reason voiced by all of those constituents in a uniform fashion then by all means we'd have to more than likely have to go into a search but again in the end it comes down to the uh to the board uh, and sure it's our responsibility to make sure things are being done the way that they have to be done. So um, I, I think um, that some of the story, horror stories I ha- I've heard over the past few years about the different, uh, you know, the last uh, selection process and even, you know, what happened up in o- Ole Miss as far as how a lot of people weren't happy with how uh, Chancellor Boyce was placed, um, uh, they have to really understand that in the end it comes down to the board's decision. And so uh, sure. you just unfortunately just kind of hope that the iteration of the board that you're dealing with at that time is open to mm-hmm. listening to those constituents and trying to uh, uh, meld that with uh, their own uh, responsibilities of uh, what they think is best for the university. So, uh, of course, the smart board will listen to the folks that, you know, the boots on the ground, as we say, to see what's what. And uh, I think that that's what we were able to accomplish. That's a great insight, tremendous insight. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dr. Cunningham, you know, we, when we started off, we talked about how your role with uh, IHL, you know, you leave, you kind of, like you said, you check your colors at the door. And we know some of that is uh, just to some degree can be humanly impossible because you, you are who right. you are, wherever you yes, go. Sir. We're all the sum of our experiences, and 1,400 lynches is a is an indelible experience on our lives. So you, you're going to be that wherever you go. Uh, but, you know, President Hudson and, and all the facts that you just articulated, he was instrumental in us bringing on, you know, Coach Prime, uh, which is which is yeah. a big win. And when you look back over yeah. this past year, and I'm framing this in your capacity for the entire state, for all the institutions. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we had a major win for the image of the state with the uh, changing of the state flag uh, and the impact that right. that could have on our, on our institution. And now you have uh, 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 Deion Sanders, who's now 
uh, December 1 will be in the state, effective as our, our head coach. How, how do you see, when you mix all that, that of t- everything we've gone through in 2020, again, from your perspective of governing the entire system, what do you think that means for, for the state and, and for all of our institutions, uh, uh, having Coach Prime in the state, having changed the flag? Uh, what are your kind of expectations of where we can go from here? Um, I got nowhere but up, Stevie. I mean, uh, it's – I was thinking about that uh, earlier today that uh, even as crazy as 2020 has been, uh, uh, what's been going on at Jackson State is kind of a microcosm of what goes on with us as African Americans and in, in the history of this country. We just seem to thrive in the worst of times. And uh, mm, that seems to be point. what has happened uh, here. Uh, and like you said, even system-wide and statewide, uh, I think that even with the – the tumult in Washington, D.C., and our national politics that uh, uh, even a, a state that has, a, you know, just a, a checkered past as Mississippi, uh, I, I think we can actually be the vanguard. And I think that's what we're, 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 we're on the precipice of that, man. I, I think that uh, we're about to take off here uh, for as long as Coach Prime will, will be here. I think uh, even if he's not here for a, a long time, I think just the fact that he decided to come here and uh, and invest uh, in this system uh, will just set us up for uh, future success. I mean, and uh, whether you like it or not, personalities matter. And um, Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. sure corporations are going to be looking like, man, or not just corporations, but uh, other uh, big-name coaches later on if once he does leave and say, hey, if this particular gig was good enough for Prime, it's probably good enough for me. So, I mean, I think that it, it just it starts a snowball uh, on the athletic aspect, uh, the economic aspect, and the fact that that flag is gone. Um, I am uh, thrilled. I'm just, I just hate that we did not have uh, um, one set up uh, in enough time for our press conference the other day uh, when we uh, announced uh, Thomas. I just think that would have been a fantastic backdrop. But, uh, you know, that was just a small detail that uh, I wish we could have handled. But uh, I, I think that uh, we are uh, – going to go from one of those states that's uh, perennially last and everything to being looked at uh, in a different light. And, and as you can see, that uh, Clarion Ledger article that came out, what, 12 minutes ago about Phil Mickelson donating the money to JSU. I mean, this is the type of stuff that happens when you have the right leadership in place uh, with the right heart and the, and the, uh, the right uh, uh, mentality for the university. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day that as far as uh, president of a university, back to that searching uh, question that we had, uh, HBCU is a different beast, man. You gotta, you gotta love mm. that you are uh, want to be the at the helm of, um, because when you love it, you're gonna be making the right decisions based on the benefit of the university, and you're not thinking about yourself uh, first and foremost. And uh, again, that's, that's that's just what we have in Thomas Hudson, man. Just. Well, you you know, I, I think, you know, this has been a tremendous episode. Vic, was there uh, any closing thoughts that you might have had uh, in regards to uh, asking Dr. Cunningham? Um, no, I just, I, all I want to say is that, man, we're really proud of you. Uh, we're, you know, we, uh, we're very excited, you know, when we heard that you were uh, going to be on the board. At first I had to look, look again and say, is that, is that our Steve, you know? So, so yeah, we're really happy, that, <laughs> happy to see that, you know. Um, but I guess in closing, um, is you know, since this didn't come at you um, as something planned, and now you're sitting in that seat, 
Uh, what is it that you see at the at the end of the road? What do you what do you think could be your legacy from this IHL seat, or what do you think that you will have, have done to to uh, help to improve the uh, state of Mississippi and the educational system? Well, and I think it's funny. Just this past week after the press conference, man, I was uh, uh, not necessarily thinking about legacy, but more along the lines that I was just proud to be a participant uh, in announcing Thomas as the twelfth president, man, because I know the guy's vision. I mean, he, he has big vision, and he knows how to put the right people in place uh, to make that uh, vision come to fruition without having to be at the forefront. Uh, and mm-hmm. he, he, he's happy to be there and make sure that the job gets done, and uh, I'm just happy to be able to assist him uh, in where we're going, man, because he knows, as I mentioned in the press conference, how important Jackson State is, not only to that West Jackson community, but to that city and to the state. Um, and mm-hmm. so goes Jackson State, so goes the state. And uh, that is, uh, back to Neely's question, that all that positivity that's being attracted there, um, he knows how to uh, leverage that, uh, let's say, and, and to, to make sure that we're going to be uh, moving, uh, I hate the word next level, but that's just, there's no other word for it. It is what it is. <laughs> it is. That's yeah. it. And, uh, um, and I, honest to God, I think that he could be one of the best to ever do it. I know uh, uh, um, Emeritus is Dr. Peoples, and I, I don't have any doubt that uh, with the support of the community, the alumni, uh, the board, that he could do exactly what Dr. Peoples did. His time is not more. I mean, it's just uh, that's just the confidence that I have in him, and uh, and I know the love that he has for this place. He has two little daughters. He has family here in, in Jackson. Uh, and he wants to do nothing but uh, uh, make sure that uh, he makes us proud, makes his family proud. And honestly, we just could not have that guarantee if we'd have brought in somebody from you know, uh, rehash sure. from some other HBCU someplace that was looking to use us as a stepping stone or as a retirement spot. I just was not interested in that, man, and I'm so glad that we got this guy. And uh, the best is yet to come, man, to the point that uh, my daughter is going to be a third-generation Tiger moving in this fall. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, Congratulations. And it, yeah, man. She uh, – we, we – Went down to FAMU to look down there, and then we had uh, followed up with Jackson State, and it was uh, no comparison. So uh, I'm yes, proud and pushing <laughs> to it. And, uh, uh, again, the stuff sells itself, man, and uh, it's up to us to make sure we keep promoting. Amen. No doubt about it. Well, I tell you what, Dr. Cunningham, this has been a tremendous episode in terms of you providing just great insight in terms of the selection process of our 12th president and even giving us – uh, you know, your your thoughts in regards to uh, uh, your work within the IHL. It, this has been a fun episode for me. I tell you, this has just been tremendous to just listen to you and, and, and get your thoughts. Well, again, thanks for the invite, guys. And uh, y'all keep up the good work, man. Great chemistry, uh, uh, great insight. And uh, Neela and Vic, before y'all got on, I was talking to Chuck about how good a job y'all did with the W.C. Gordon episode. I happened to be at work one night and uh, – uh, turned on my Spotify, and I said, let me check this out because I've been seeing the posts and everything, and uh, y'all did not disappoint. So uh, just keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate no that. No about it. We appreciate, we appreciate it very much. Well, for myself, Charles Bishop, our cohorts, Neely and Vic, and the rest of the game with Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, we will see you on the other side. And that'll do it for Episode 93 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. 
And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love.